0: Justici 911 callers. It's time to dust off your starter jackets, rip off those tearaways, and blow into your game cartridges. I'm Sean Kelly.:
1: I'm Simon Blandford.
0: I'm Marty Tim And we wish it was the '90s. And I'd like to extend a very warm welcome to our guest uh, speaker today, Marty T. There have been a few complaints online that our podcast wasn't culturally diverse enough, so we brought on a man of the arts. A man who knows more Simpsons than the Blandfords put together. Welcome Marty.
2: Uh, What an introduction. Uh, Thanks, guys. Uh, Long-time listener, first-time contributor. Um, Yeah, I've loved the work that's been going on so far and excited to dive into uh, one of my favourite shows uh, growing up as a child in the 90s as well. So, yeah, good to be here. Awesome,
0: Marty. Now, you listeners, you might notice that uh, regular announcer Sam Blamford isn't with us today. Uh, He recently installed a pool and is now too cool for the podcast. Uh, So uh, I'll hand over to Simon to uh, get through the run
1: sheet. What a great segue. Thank you, Sean. So I'm going to run through the episode, which starts in a very interesting way, a heat wave all across Springfield, and no one can really abide this heat. So after some serious nagging from Lisa and Bart, Omer agrees to get a pool. Despite the fact the family seem to be constantly struggling with money, they, they can't afford to buy a pool. The pool is bought. Immediately, the neighbourhood friends and just randoms come round. Um, and I mean immediately. The second the pool is ready, a knock on the door and a, shy Jimbo Jones is immediately asking Marge whether they can play in the pool and they do but Bart after a dive off the treehouse gone wrong thanks to Nelson Muntz breaks his leg therein really lies the first part of the episode and then it moves to a very dark part you know this, this episode is actually called Bart of Darkness and Bart becomes a recluse once he breaks his leg. He can't go swimming, he's no longer popular, and Lisa steals this crown of popularity from Bart, and this is something Bart struggles to take. He locks himself in his room, Um, he shuts the blinds, and becomes very odd and weird, as Marge says at one point. This goes on for a considerable amount. There's lots of weird stuff going on with Bart, Uh, And then, as a gift from Lisa, who kind of is just feeling guilty, she gets him a telescope, which Bart uses to look at a very boring shot of space and just the general people in the neighbourhood and exercising Dr. Hibbert, amongst other things. Then he discovers what he believes is a murder. Ned Flanders burying the body of his wife, which leads to a while well, the first time you watch it, of course, a very scary scene where Lisa tries to find out what really happened in the body of Maud Flanders. Turns out it's not the body of Maud Flanders at all. Ned has overwatered one of Maud's plants, which is why he earlier said he was a murder diddly erderer And everything, up, everything is wrapped up in a neat little package. And the episode finishes. I absolutely loved this episode when I watched it for the first time, and I just found it hilarious this time. I feel like I've been talking a lot, but I need to go over some movie references and other references with you. Heart of Darkness, uh, of course, well, the episode is called Bard of Darkness. Heart of Darkness is a book by Joseph Conrad.
0: Would you say, Simon, that's where the similarities stop? With what? Between the book and the episode.
1: Yeah, there's not really. I can't see any similarities at all. Uh, just there's I, just. I,
0: I, you've, have you read Heart of Darkness? I have. Have you read it, Marty? Absolutely not. It's like a weird sort of uh, colonial book from the British perspective that paints um, indigenous Africans as savages. Eh? That's. Am
1: I on the on, on the right? Um, yeah, I didn't really understand much of it when I read it. Um, mm. it's just this guy called Kurtz who goes down the river and, um, yeah, very interesting book. Um, but I don't, I don't, I haven't really looked into the, the deep and meaningful stuff with that book at yeah. all. I remember reading a
0: book by a, uh, African author.
1: That's like a critique of it
0: from the point of view of the tribesmen. Um, yeah. it's like, cause it's like a. I guess *Heart of Darkness* is supposed to be some sort of British classic, but it's just a classic uh, white people view of the world at the time it was written, and that's probably yeah. enough about *Heart of Darkness*.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, and that became the, the quite famous, almost more famous than the book itself. Now, is *Apocalypse Now*, the Marlon Brando movie, and that 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 sort of that's what it was adapted into. Um, but there there are a f- very very very, uh, very few references here to look at. One thing that I saw was Planet of the Aches, of course, the uh, itchy and scratchy cartoon. Were there any others that you guys found before I move on to one last one? Um, I don't know about specific
0: references. Um, I, I, I suppose the, um, Nelson's excellent use of the classic schoolyard epidermis joke. A joke? Um, followed by his even better explanation of why it's a good joke (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and then uh, the classic crusty episodes sort of referencing old talk shows and how how sort of bad they are i quite enjoyed that but not sort of actual pop culture or anything like that just just a few favorite parts got a few other ones i might mention later what about you mato
2: uh, one of the ones I thought that was quite classic of the 90s when Bart arrived uh, at the hospital um, to get his cast uh, was the nurse uh, who was smoking a cigarette at the time said, <laughs> get this kid a magazine stat. Uh, I thought it was uh, a really good picture of the uh, the way that health issues were dealt with at the time, perhaps.
1: Yeah, it was so good, yeah. And the... um. A couple of other things just to touch on what Bob said, not quite as linked to the the 90s, but Simpsons is such a popular show, but they weren't really afraid to just throw in these pop culture references, that not really even pop culture references. You know, there was um, that that guy that Krusty interviewed, I looked him up and he was some union leader who was prominent in the 60s, you know, and and basically no one's going to get that joke, but it's so funny that it doesn't matter. So I just thought that was fantastic. It was a very, it was, you know, a very bold show. Uh, so we've talked about that storyline, the basic storyline there of Barton. Uh, just one other
0: thing, Si, I just I'll sort of thought for, of. Yeah. Um, so the, the, I think you mentioned it in your sort of covering of the storyline, but the sort of, the, the sequence of Lisa going into the house is actually sort of animated like a horror film like yes. it's quite it's quite well put together I was like this is you know the way Ned's you know going up to the attic and his hand reaching for things and the way he's holding the axe and like the shadows and stuff it's like they've clearly gone let's make this like a classic horror movie which is meant
1: oh the storyboarding's just brilliant eh? they spent so much time storyboarding that quote unquote horror scene um as you say no it's uh yeah, there's some clever people working on that show, all right. So um, we're going to give uh, the aforementioned uh, Marty Timoana Nui uh, the honour of saying, being the first to announce his uh, MVP of the episode, as well as best supporting actor for the episode. So uh, Marty, let's uh, let's let's throw it to you. Um, I've really, uh, gone
2: for the, probably the easiest one. I thought the, um, Bart was my MVP, although there was a couple of ones that were close, but I thought probably the best, uh, supporting, uh, cast member, um, underrated Martin Prince. Um, I thought oh. his contribution, Um, Not only having uh, a pool himself to end on, uh, but I thought the foreshadowing of his misfortune uh, whilst arriving in the Simpsons pool with something along the lines of, I think it was 17 uh, layers of swimming costumes, as they call them in the States, um, to which they were very, very rapidly all removed um, by his loving friends, loving and loyal friends. Um, Yeah, so those are my two. Um,
0: Yeah. choices uh so my mvp for this episode is homer Uh, um certainly not a um a major character but i think nearly every scene he's in he steals um when he blows the beer at like a fountain during the synchronized swimming uh but it was lovely um and um, there's a few other bits as well, um, but I don't want to mention them quite yet because they uh, link in with some of my favourite quotes. Um, and then I'm going to go for supporting Lisa. Um, I quite often find Lisa a little bit annoying, um, but it was nice to see her give in to uh, popularity and um, perhaps um, just, just just reveling in, in what's going on rather than um, perhaps being whatever it else sometimes she contributes i quite enjoyed her this this episode and she played a key part in the the ending horror scene which i really liked
1: very fair uh, bob a much maligned character as lisa sometimes but <clears throat> a very necessary straight gal as it were i was stunned by the homer stunned by the homer pick and i'm going to reveal that my picks are exactly the same as marty's uh, i Had Bart first, you know, it is the obvious pick because he is the sort of the the main character in this episode. But I just thought some of Bart's lines are great. He kind of is, for some reason, making some Dickensian play with these crazy character names and stuff. And just a little bit of strangeness and oddness that we don't always see from Bart. So I quite like that. And Martin Prince, Marty's namesake, was just outstanding on every level. That final scene where his bare ass is flapping in the wind and he's singing a gentle wind came blowing in from across the sea is oh the, sorry the gentle caress of the summer breeze i believe uh sorry i've written that down that was just outstanding martin prince he's good whenever he appears and i can't give my usual mvp which is mr burns because he doesn't appear in this episode so I have to give it to bart yeah, so,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah, I think I think it's fair. Do we have a favourite part of the storyline? We'll go to you, Bob. I mean, it's a fairly linear storyline, but there's those three parts to it. First part where uh, they get... Perhaps the call, instead get in of the saying minutes. favourite part,
0: yep. maybe I'll mention uh, uh, favourite moments.
1: Yeah, yeah, moments, scenes. Go for so,
0: it. So the, the uh, opening scene of Hans Molman. Well, you're certainly doing your job today, Mr. Sun. Oh, rats. So he lights himself on fire. I really like the you know, they, they, they establish the heat wave really well. And then they've got the hippie getting punched as well. I quite enjoy that. Um, uh, the chili truck, so I thought was a nice gag. Great right, gag. Um, um, so, yeah, I, 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 a little bit. Uh, millhouse signing pool on the cast is great. And I think I already mentioned it, but I really enjoy classic Krusty. Um, uh, but yeah, probably my favourite part, which I've harped on a lot about, is the, um, the 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 horror scene with Ned.
1: Very well done. What about yourself?
2: To agree with you, uh, Bob, there with the um, Hans Molman opening. I think there's no better character on The Simpsons to illustrate the struggle uh, than Hans. And a couple of the other moments that I quite enjoyed, I always used to like what they would call various different companies. Um, and the place where the buyer is our chum,
0: I noticed that it's good,
2: uh, which I thought was quite nice. Yeah, (laughs) which is quite a nice touch. and uh what was the other one i had here um i the line that homer said uh which was probably the um the one that was going to sway me between going between bart and homer for my mvp was um bart said oh man i'm gonna miss all summer and homer turned to him (laughs) in kind of a creepy way and said don't worry boy when you get a job like me, you'll miss every summer. Uh, which, uh, and Home is so perfect at uh, illustrating that middle age uh, struggle through life. Um,
0: it's definitely down on my list of phenomenal quotes from the episode yeah. as well.
1: It's down there, and I just added, Marty, it's why you become a teacher. <laughs> I <through> that quote. <laughs> yeah, I think. I think just to touch on what both of you have said really, the setup of the storyline is so well planned. So Bob's already mentioned so many, you've already mentioned so many. Uh, one part, you know, the fridge, the tent in the fridge, you know, it's cool in here boy. I got the idea when I noticed the refrigerator was cold. You know, Homer is
0: my number one pick for quotes.
1: <laughs> oh, no, I've stolen it. <laughs> just that, you know, it's so such a funny line in of itself, but the delivery—he's so smug, you know, as if this is the—you know—I am the only person that could have thought of this. Um, and this this horrendously obvious, but also terrible idea uh, was just fantastic and um yeah i thought that that first setup was actually my favorite part of of the episode um we've got some quotes i've stolen sean's I've uh, stolen sean's best so did, so did marty
0: one, one was the refrigerator quote and one was the uh miss every summer quote but i've got some backups
1: before we do uh the quotes I've got one other part i do want to speak to about the, the boldness read really the you know the crusty the clown thing that dance slash synchronized swimming scene that you mentioned that culminates in homer you know coming on the tube and doing the bear fountain so obviously this is referencing some old movie or show but i've got no idea what it what it was but it's still so well done it's really watchable and enjoyable which kind of tells you is like how meticulously it is planned. I imagine not even understanding the reference and still enjoying it.
0: Yeah. It's, it's awesome. There's probably, like you've said, multiple references in here that just go over our heads because we're just having a great time. I noticed as I was <clears throat> watching, I wrote less and less notes as the episode went on because I was just having such a great time.
1: Yeah. And, and I did look up what that was a reference to. And apparently it was a reference to a, co- a films by a choreographer called Busby Berkeley, whose last film he did was 1943. So, you know, just casually 50 years after his last film, they decided to chuck in a subtle reference to his choreography, which I thought was fantastic. So we move now to our favourite quotes. going to just do a round table so we don't keep stealing the best quotes like poor old Sean two quotes stolen already so because of that I think it's only fair to go to Sean then Marty then me so take it away Sean.
0: Right so two down three really because I already talked about um, Mr. Sun um it's got a couple here but I'm going to go with definitely uh, what I think is probably my favorite um you have selected Regicide. If you know the name of the king or queen being murdered, press 1.
2: Classic. I had a few notes about the old uh, classic IVR system. <laughs> <laughs> Um my favorite was uh towards the end of the episode when uh they were putting together the pieces as to what actually supposedly happened to Maud. Um Bam it. um uh, so it was when uh Butt said I distinctly heard uh Ned say that uh Maud was with God now. Uh to which she replied back uh I was with God. I was at Bible camp. Uh, I was learning how to be more judgmental. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, classic uh, way to... um, Religion in a funny way, I thought. Which they usually do with the Flanders family.
1: Loved it. Absolutely loved that. So good. Yeah, that was... um, I've got another one from that scene. I don't know whether I should use it now but I, I'm not going to I'm going to go to just in the heyday of the pool where Bart is still healthy he's still happy Marge is in the lounge and there's just kids just like flying around everywhere teenagers as well and she's just making about four loaves worth of peanut butter sandwiches and she says in a sort of a grumpy voice but all these children, friends of yours, and that says friends and well-wishers, and three teenagers who are like sixteen, say hello, Bart, to some fat kid who we've never seen before. Followed by the last teenager saying hello, Mrs. Cumberdale, to March.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I think I think there has to be my number one quote uh, in this episode, and just a one of the great simpsons quotes ever really i just thought that was so funny the combination of them saying hello to the fat kid and calling him bart and then saying hello mrs Cumberdale, was great so that's my that's my top one probably bob what else you got right. for
0: i'm surprised this quote has lasted this long without being said because Tis a fine barn but sure it is no pool english <laughs> Was
2: the um, was this episode before or after the uh, the Amish episode?
1: Ooh, I hey. want to say before because this is season six, right? I also want to say before. I, I don't know that, you know, for sure. Just but off the top of my head, that's what I would say.
2: Choice not to bring in them damn Mennonites. Yeah, I hate those I hate those shiftless Mennonites. <laughs> Uh, You're you're up, Marty, for quote two. Uh, My second one was um, on the back of another decent quote from Lisa, which uh, was, our salvation isn't going to come along on the back of a truck, and then, sure enough, the pool truck pulls up. But uh, the quote itself, um, which was my second one, was at at the end when Otto Man mentioned that, you know, time's up. uh, He said, we gotta jam this thing full of Epsom salts and take it back to the old folks' home.
1: <laughs> I, don't even, I watched this last night. I don't even remember that. Oh, that is, real that's real good. It's a, a great one, and uh, bonus points for the reference. Oh, the, the uh, impersonation—I should say—of Otto Man there. That was fantastic.
0: When I was watching that scene, for the first time, it dawned on me that Otto probably shouldn't be driving a school bus wearing headphones. <laughs>
2: <laughs> or a pool truck with a missing window at the back.
1: Um, I think it's me, isn't it now? I'm very excited. I've only said one quote. Oh, I did steal that other one from Bob, so I guess it's not technically correct. Um... I'm not even sure this is really truly a quote, more of a sequence, but there is a quote at the end. So, as you will know, Bob, because, oh no, actually you weren't on the the first Simpsons one, but this is one of my things that I got off Chris Turner, who wrote the book Planet Simpson. The, The Simpsons are the kings of doing like a good joke. Then they top it with a better joke and then they nail it with like the best joke within a space of like 10 seconds. And my sort of winner for that in this episode was Lisa nosing around in the Flanders' fridge and finds a worryingly head-shaped package in the fridge. And I think the package says human head on it which is already, you know, a little bit funny. And Lisa wipes away the condensation to reveal what it really says is Schumann Farms' head of lettuce, which which gives us a bit of a giggle. Then the coup d'etat is Bart saying, of course, at the end. Like, of course, that was so obvious that it was really a Schumann Farms' head of lettuce. I just uh, thought that was absolutely brilliant, and that's why that gets my vote for number two.
0: Excellent. Very good. My last pick comes from um, the Pool Sharks. Look, question lady. This job isn't what I really do. I play keyboards.
1: Oh, he was such a keyboarder too, wasn't? He? Yeah, he, he just he's just that stereotypical guy, ponytail. Oh, I love that. A quote, curly ponytail. Oh, loved it, Bob. Loved it. Yeah, Barry, yours so, please. Um,
2: my one uh, was I thought was actually quite clever, and it was a good way to bring in um, Marge's. Um, influence into the show and she was really sticking true to who she is uh, in my view which is an enabler of homer's idiocy <laughs> um and i think uh one of you boys mentioned a wee bit earlier on when uh when homer had the fridge um linked up to the tent um <laughs> and she comes in and in her usual nagging tone mentioned um the fridge wasn't meant to be used in this way homie but sure is refreshing <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and she pops with Lisa and Maggie uh, fully buying into uh, the extender fridge.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's meant I quite like that scene how Maggie just crawls in and has a snooze on the Jello.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you you saying that, Marty, and again, in a wonderful Marge uh, impersonation definitely reminds me of when she... Says to Homer after some terrible indiscretion that he's done. She says, "Homie, this is a rare lapse of judgment on your part." <laughs> um, that's yeah, that's um, that's fantastic, Marty. Thank you. Um, and is it me now? This, this is the last one. Far out. I've still got so many good ones to use. I think this is this is kind of a classic Simpsons gag. It's and it's again, it's a bit of a Weird side to Bart that we don't see very often, and Lisa mentions where she got the telescope from that that she gifts him and says it was from the Optics Festival, to which Bart says there was an Optics Festival and I wasn't informed, (laughs) which I thought was very, very good, and I really enjoyed that one. Do we have any other moments? Because we've got uh, really nowhere to be or nowhere to go. Did you have any other ones that you really wanted to get off your chest before we finish up?
0: My list of six quotes have been covered by me and you guys.
2: Um, one other little situation which I did think was funny, following along the lines of which uh, I mentioned earlier around uh, keeping the characters true to who they are, um, mentioned uh, at the opening, sigh. Uh, has a look at around the town when he first to look through his uh uh telescope um and shoots over to the school and of course he sees uh in the window seymour skinner fan favorite furiously sharpening pencils on the old school (laughs) windy pencil sharpener Uh, (laughs) which is you know uh classic skinner
1: I think it yeah. was like five o'clock a.m. on the clock, or it was some same time as well. When <laughs> when he was there, it was it was like dark, and uh, and Skinner's unlucky not to get a best supporting actor nod really for those three seconds. <laughs>
0: That's exactly what just went through my head. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, that, oh, like absolutely great line. A few others I wanted to talk about was the the classic crusty uh, where he. <laughs> He tries to kind of half-heartedly plug these summer reruns that are coming on, and he says, and we're going to rerun some classic Krusty. He's, like he's like the biggest corporate shill you'll ever meet. but entire room is just full up of Krusty crap, yet he's just a terrible corporate shill. Like when he tastes the ribwich, he says, mmm, I don't mind the taste. He's just like the worst... Uh, corporate shell of all time and I think I have one more scene only is at right at the end which I thought you were going to talk about Marty with your first quote is when Homer arrogantly takes on the role of detective despite having no frame of reference whatsoever and (laughs) approaches Ned and says not everything's wrapped up there's still a little matter of the whereabouts of your wife to which Maud says i'm right here and in an extreme close-up he says oh i see then everything is wrapped up in a neat little package (laughs) (laughs) that whole sequence from him is phenomenal oh it's incredible and then um there's this change of like a close-up of homer leaning into Maud, in this like accusatory fashion to then a long shot of all like these just completely blank confused faces of both simpsons and flanders and lou eddie and chief wiggum i just thought that was a a great note to end on for homer and uh now i can't be too critical of your mvp pick really i was about to say
0: that sounds a little bit like mvp material
1: yeah very very close did you guys have
2: any um quotes you didn't say
0: no. um
2: I one of the ones I didn't say was again at the pool shark's place was All right, over here we got the kick tub the insta rust lightning <laughs> magnet this is the tickler ooh the tickler i like <laughs> the sound of that
1: yeah i had i had heaps more um another crusty Krust- actually was pretty good in this episode yeah. like, he could have also got a um best supporting act nod i felt um where is where are these quotes? Oh yeah. And we have on the sitar Ravi Shankar. 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 Groovy, man. <laughs> <laughs> that was a real good one. Just I just quite liked that yeah, the other seems to just go weird just randomly. And I just one of those weird random parts was the posh British kid who wants Lisa to go to his country house. Oh yeah. shirads <laughs> and ever so many romantic misunderstandings. <laughs> That was awesome.
0: What I I enjoyed about this episode was, um, like, it has all that randomness in it, but it doesn't feel forced like later mm. episodes or Family Guy. Mm. You know, like, you know how maybe maybe it's not forced in later episodes, but shows like Family Guy have kind of ruined it, but it always feels like it's nonsense for the sake of nonsense, Mm. whereas when you're watching this, it just feels really
1: organic. 100%. Yeah, no, thought so too. There's one other one that I didn't say that it's not a quote, but when Lisa's like the popular kid. The, one of the one of the sort of cutscenes, uh three kids showing off for Lisa and then and one the way they're showing off is just like punching a fat kid under the hood. I think it's maybe. But it looks and like, like he's like, waving out to her as well, and yeah. not really in a frightened <laughs> way, but more in a hi Lisa, I'm
2: getting hiding. <laughs>
1: exactly. He's just like just like smiling and waving for attention, whilst getting wailed on under the water, I just—it's just—I uh, love that. I, that was hilarious. So yeah, that—that that, that were those the two extras that I, I had.
2: The only other sitch
1: I was thinking of raising,
2: but I didn't want to bring COVID into it, was um, obviously in lockdown. But you, one of you guys mentioned it. Um, I was going to ask you two if uh, if either of you had written a play during lockdown in your uh, in your isolation. <laughs> <laughs> um you know being Good both uh, oh, mate.
0: don't worry about business. uh don't worry about bringing up covid there's a um uh, there's an episode of x men where there's like a they, they make a virus and a gun and it's airborne and we spent that episode talking heaps about it <laughs> um No, but when I got to the UK and I had a bit of time uh, catching a lot of tubes and stuff like that, I started outlining a plot for a book. Oh,
1: yeah, Um, Bob. Oh, oh, before I uh, go to you, Bob, just a huge thanks to Marty for bringing his wealth of wisdom to the show, and I've just sensed by some of the things he said, you know, particularly that margin enabling comment. He's got a lot more to give uh, in the future, so hopefully he'll be gracious enough to come back on the pod for for what we hope will be more Simpsons episodes and this week on. What do you say, Bob?
0: I 100% agree, and uh, me and Marty have been um, talking offline um, something uh, non-Simpsons related that we're definitely keen to uh, do an episode on. Um, I don't know. Uh, I'd love to have... Uh, Someone, whether it's you or Sam or both, hopefully one of you hasn't seen it. Um, because, um, as to quote the film itself, and now a taste of things to come. Mortal Kombat 1995, maybe arguably one of the greatest uh, game to movie adaptations ever made, according to a very small select group of people that saw it at the time. <laughs>
1: I saw it. I saw it at the movies. It was like a trip to Auckland. So I would be very keen to rewatch as I don't remember everything about that, funnily enough. Uh, Marty, what do you think? Sound good? Uh,
2: one of the great movies. Um, you know, the 90s was a time where a few games tried to have a crack um, at uh, crossing over onto the silver screen. Um, you know, some of the other classics that come to mind are uh, Street Fighter, starring Jean Claude Van Damme as Guile. Um, amongst a few other little classic cameos, but uh, yeah, Mortal Kombat definitely one of my favourites.
0: What you're about to reference, Bob Hoskins and uh, Super Mario Bros. <laughs> Another classic. <laughs> oh, that's that's unwatchable. <laughs> All
1: right then, very enjoyable. Sean, yeah. you, you know, do we have a sign-off, or do we just you know this is seriously average podcasting? So do we just? Fade, fade out, a la UB40 in the 90s? What do we do?
0: Yeah, we'll fade We'll fade out, but, you know, um, we've seen, um, I think, uh, I don't know where, when this episode's due to release, but I've, we've had a lot of positive feedback recently from some of our more recent episodes, so feel free to keep hitting us up. Um, our, um, our sort of uh, in the 90s game show styled episodes proved um, controversial, to say the least, with uh, quite a few... Uh, People hitting us up in the Slack and sledging us for our selections. So you know, we've we're all for um uh positive and negative feedback, so just you know, keep it coming. We're on we're on the Instagrams and the Twitters and other various things at WIWT90S. Um or you could even uh slip us a Gmail at WIWT90S at gmail.com because the only thing that's coming through that at the moment is um been trying to make us pay to make our podcast better.
1: Bastards. Bastards. Yeah,
0: sometimes I almost sign up for stuff and then I remember we're not about that. I'm not really sure what we are about, but we're not about that. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah. Th- thanks again to Marty and um, look forward to our next uh, episode with you and our next episode of whatever it is we're doing next.
1: Your yeah, pleasure, lads. You guys.